0: This week's episode is brought to you in part by Secret Lake Tackle, custom painted hard baits and spinners made right here in Minnesota, Zimmerman, Minnesota, by a wonderful fisherman named Kevin Skalicki. Uh, look him up at secretlaketackle.com or on Facebook or Instagram at Secret Lake Tackle.
1: No, Dan, go to the Google and go to look at Caribbean Sunset FM9. Is
0: that oh my the God. One? Do we need a bunch of them? Oh my God. Well, don't tell these people about them if we need all of them. Check them out. Secret Lake Tackle. Here we go. We're going. Here we go. This is Walleye Talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will.
1: Welcome to this edition of Turkey Talk.
0: Turkey Talk?
1: Yeah. This is a short season. Yeah. It's Most, a one episode mostly season. One, mostly this episode. Mm-hmm. It's about Maybe two. if I get one next week, it'll be next week too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have that opportunity. I'd be happy to talk about it another week. Yeah. But. It's a good way to break up the... You know, this is pretty... It's it's not that it's not exciting, but it's a heck of a lot better having turkeys thrown into the mix.
0: I agree. This time period, even. right? Mm-hmm. We're in kind of a limbo, especially because it's lasted so long. Mm-hmm. Like usually, it's open water. Like oh god, I hope I get a I can get a few days in the boat before walleye season's here. Mm-hmm. But now we've had it forever, and you gotta usually you have to like squeeze in a turkey hunt. Now it's going to kind of take my time to... And that's the way I'm approaching it. Like I've been
1: going out in the mornings before work and listening and hooting and calling, and I haven't heard much, so I'm not going to do anything until I start hearing them. Right. Why would I?
0: Yeah. Lots of freedom that the Minnesota DNR has given us the last couple years. Um, Yeah, we'll get to the fishy stuff real quick, but we're both going to tell a quick turkey story. Dan, let's hear about yours. All right. I've traveled south, not as far south as you, but I traveled down to... Cannon Falls, to stay with my buddy Lee. He invited me and my That's wife. That's where he lives? He lives in Cannon Falls.
1: I've got a family who
0: lives in Cannon Falls. Really? On some river there. He lives on a river there. It's probably the, the same Cannon one. The Cannon River. Yeah. He's got tubers all the time. Does he? He plinks them with twenty twos. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Crack shot. <laughs> um, and then we hunted down by Zimbrota. We. This is a thing we've done for quite a few years. And my... Um, buddy Matt and my cousin Mike joined so we have two groups of two hunting and uh Lee has a good relationship with this guy named Terry who's a hunting wizard and doesn't really care about shooting turkeys but really likes to help other people shoot turkeys interesting yeah it's the best setup I I, no joke sadly he doesn't like to fish because like this dude would be welcome in my boat any time to make up for the fact that he lines this great hunt up for us um but anyway so we split up Uh, I hunted with my buddy, Matt, and he's also my Leech Lake tournament partner, which we don't get to do this year. Son of a gun. So we just get to hunt together, and uh, we had pretty crummy, well, not super crummy weather, but like drizzly and cool Saturday, pretty much all day, and it was blowing 10 to 15 miles an hour, so not like an ideal turkey day, Um, but we had a bird goblin within 80 yards of us to start, Uh, that one was a bust. We got eyes on it, but he was not interested in what we had going on. And then they were quiet pretty much all day. Um, so we hunted all day, had a good time. Um, and then Sunday we put together a better plan for trying to kill that same bird and snuck in there a little earlier. He'd moved maybe 80 yards. He was probably roosted real close to where we had set up day one. Um, cause we had to, day one, we got like a little too close to him and had to just sit down and hunt real quick because we were like oh this is this is great but we can't make it any greater than we have right now without pushing our luck he i saw him in the tree like as things were getting light out and he was gobbling like crazy like just like a, a real pure gobble to like a good tom for sure and <laughs> um i could see him up there and he was looking right at us we were on a like an old road essentially which is in the you know in the woods right rep- like the whole reason we we target that area is they like to roost around it, and we figure this is a good place for them to strut this this old road that runs through this low spot. Didn't even screaming at Matt's call like we we held off until you know maybe maybe right at shooting time, and then Matt called and he was just he was real fired up about
1: that it. <laughs> That's one of the most difficult. Th- I have a hard time like, all right, let's get him out of the tree, right? Let's let's get him. Right. Let's
0: make him fall in love here. Right. It, yeah, the turkey hunting like. You can go from having, like, literally nothing happen, and if they're quiet, you're not going to, it's going to be very challenging. It's the worst. And then it can also just be, like, painful. Like, you're very close, and, like, everything is showing you that this is probably going to work out, but you just have to wait for the thing to freaking get out of a tree. <laughs> like, that's how it felt. Like, oh, my God. I bet he gobbled 30 times in the tree, staring right at us. I could see him. He was like, Getting ready to get down, his wings would come up, he'd look down and then turn like 90 degrees and flew down, which is the exact same thing he did the day before. Flew the opposite direction. Yep. And we've learned this is private land, so we have some luxuries of being mobile without it being dangerous. And we've learned that like moving towards them is has worked in the past. Because, and if you know what I know about turkey hunting is like especially mature toms they want to know they want to make their presence known they want to be in close proximity to hens but they really want the hens to like finish make the, a commitment yeah. right and that's like the whole all their posturing all their strutting is like they want the 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 female to come to them they don't want to track him down and we decided to be pretty aggressive as soon as he got down he, we could hear him gobbling still when he was on the ground and so we moved maybe 75 yor, yards and sort of corded towards him and we were able to do it real quiet. The woods were were wet from the day before and got right on the edge of a rise, sat down. It was real tempting. Like, I wanted to be on the top of that rise. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, staring at a tree, being like, that's, that's where I want to be. But in, in hindsight, I'm glad we didn't go there because I think he most certainly would busted, have busted yeah. us. And sat there for a second. Matt called. He seemed to stay in the same like stretch of woods, I would have guessed he was within 60 yards of us. Um, and then he called again and he responded. And then he was quiet for a little bit. And then Matt called and he was like, it, that gobble was like, this is going to be a dead turkey. Unless we do something <laughs> stupid. Right. He was for sure committing to, to moving a little <laughs> bit towards us and uh, sat there. Um, I could hear, then I could hear his feet finally. And I got I don't, I, maybe 20 yards away on the other side of that top. Matt called one more time, then shut up, and I just got a little peek of his head on one side of a tree. Matt saw him there too, and then there was a little block. I could see he was moving to the east. That tree blocked his head for just a second. As soon as he popped up, bam, dead turkey at 10 yards. Got him. Mm-hmm. And if you remember two years ago, I, yeah, nobody would remember this except for me, but me, Matt, and Lee hunted together on the same trunk. And day one, I killed a turkey. And day two, Matt and Lee both killed turkeys. And all three of them died right near this little ridge top that has a deer stand on it. This bird, I kid you not, was probably within 10 feet of where I killed my... <laughs> we have four dead turkeys from this little tiny knob. And I don't know if that's coincidence or what, but it was a great hunt. And having, having a buddy like over your shoulder... You know, I got to be the lucky one to pull the trigger just because of where he popped up on the hill. But having a buddy with is like, man, that makes turkey hunting a lot of fun. For sure. So that was the tag we filled. It was a good hunt. It was a beautiful bird. Yep. That fan was absolutely perfect. Yep. I've got two lighter ones from down there. I, the, the, well, this one's light for, like, yeah, a very light, light eastern. And the, the other one is very It's similar. got super light tips. Mm-hmm. That's what this one is, too um so beautiful I, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not either but part yard bird
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs>
1: Called the jenny o factory they got <laughs> one loose
0: that's why they're so delicious <laughs> it's a 32 pounder
1: so the same time that you were down in southeastern minnesota i went down to northwestern missouri yeah and i got to go down there uh, i got to hunt sunday monday and tuesday
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the group that we went with they so you get two t- two you can shoot two birds when you're in missouri mm-hmm. um and the guys who we hunted with had hunted you know like four days three four days before we got there gotcha and they got a 29 pounder oh my goodness 29 pounds insane Jeez. so really good genetics down there evidently <laughs> um <laughs> So I get down there with the thought that I'm going to go out there and just, you know, federal damn the hell out of them. <laughs> Turns out you can't do that when it's open country. Sure. You can't just go up there and bushwhack them when there's no bush. Right. So here I am, in a, it's like little old me going to the big city. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so we set up on this little food plot, and there's birds. I think we've heard three birds that first morning, and none of them. Cared at all about what we had going on. Sure. Um, they were fairly close, but probably not close enough. So we that didn't work so well. So we made a couple moves um, with no luck. And then we went uh, and looked at some public. And we found this bird. Okay, so this is 3,500 3, acres of public land mm-hmm. in, the, in this part of the state. And in the middle of this, there's a 40-acre chunk. Right? So we're stopping and we're calling at the edge, you know, on this public, and I hear one. All right? So I'm like, all right, let's uh just drop me and the old man off. We're going to go put the sneak on these things, you know, and try and, try and make a move. So we get up there, and it, there's this little 40 acre chunk. Well, the sucker was in that 40 acre it chunk. 40 acre private? Yes. Surrounded by public? Surrounded by public. <laughs> and that bird, it was at like, this must have been 11 a.m. This bird gobbled. Every 30 seconds. Mm. And it gobbled and gobbled. So we were ended up being there for, sure. we tried calling time it off, tried calling it off. suck. And that bird gobbled from the minute we got there until the minute we left. Sure. Non-stop. <laughs> I mean, like clockwork. So I don't know if somebody put a speaker up there, like looking for trespassers. <laughs> but, boy, if there was a tempting moment, it was right there mm. to break the law. Sure. Didn't break the law. Good for you. I know it. Really Law-abiding citizen. And like, even if Missouri doesn't even count, I'm from Minnesota. If I never go back there, no big deal, right? <laughs> well, I respect it more than that, I guess. Good for you. So anyway, that was our excitement on day one. Day two, we didn't really see... Oh, so day two, we see the swan in this approach. So we're like, okay, it's super narrow. It was on that public. Super narrow chunk of woods that followed um, kind of this... It's just a super narrow chunk that goes through this field. Super, all right. We're gonna get on one side and the other, and we're good. this bird's gonna come out to us, right? Mm-hmm. So we pull out, we go way around, and we pull in there and start walking in, and there's like so every chunk of woods in Missouri, this is statistically proven, has a very dangerous gorge going through the middle of the <laughs> woods. Okay. Uh, very, uh, I don't know, I think they call them draws. Super dangerous. Hmm. And if you don't know anything and if you're used to flatland, it's a trap. <laughs> All right, you will fall in there you and you will die. <laughs> you're telling me you fell in a ravine. I did not fall, fall into in a, a trench. No, <laughs> these are natural trenches. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I did not. It's but, uh, like, you just don't expect it. Like, you look from a distance and it's we'll get across there no problem yeah and then you get there and there's 40 feet straight down mm. and you're like wow i ain't gonna die today <laughs> uh so anyway we we get there and all of a sudden so i i'm over in one area and i hear the stick pop i'm like oh here's a turkey well here they're mushroom pickers so we got mm. out there. and dad had uh two deer come by and he's like oh yeah here comes a turkey Got a good old-fashioned turkey drive going on here, and here was mushroom picker, so we got out of there. Um, and then the third day, we set up on this field edge, and there was birds all around us, and I had a hard time getting birds to respond to us consistently, well, eventually we got these birds to come out, and we saw four jakes, and super aggressive calling got them to meander over to us, and I was able to shoot a jake, so nice. that was cool. 17-pound Jake. Wow. The other guy we were with, Wade, he shot a 19-pound Jake. <laughs> Super crazy. Like, talk about Jenny O'Birds.
0: <laughs> crazy. Hmm. Missouri, you've never shot a turkey in Missouri before. And I've
1: never shot a Jake before. Hmm. Two firsts. It was a great time. It's going to be delicious. I also got to fish while I was down there. Oh, I forgot about that. Crushed largemouth. 14-inch largemouth. Nice. Like crushed crappies. 15-inch crappies. Wow. They all ate four-inch, guess it. Kytec. Kaitech Easy shot. Nice. Crushed them. I was like, well, I'm going to pop this for a while. Boom. Large mouth. I'm just going to swim it. Boom. Crappies.
0: Awesome. Nice. That's a pretty, and you had, the, what, 70-degree weather down there? Yeah. It was Nigeria. Hmm. It was like 85, sort of. Right.
1: blowing, oh. way too hot. Windy? Yeah. Hmm. Way too hot. Hmm
0: buck killed a boy like me <laughs> but somehow i survived that's that that's, it. We, that's won't, it we won't make it any more painful well i think i'll make it a little bit more painful just to try to like recover a little bit i do think there's some similarities between turkeys and walleyes and that they're like pretty simple creatures that are for sure super fun to, to chase mm-hmm. and you can give them like way too much credit um but just, like, the nature of the, the the beast, even if it is, like, a simple, stu- stupid beast, for the most part, can make them really challenging to, to capture. Mm-hmm. And There are some similarities. I'm a much better turkey hunter than I am a deer hunter, and I'm a much better walleye fisherman than I am a muskie fisherman. I feel like that's the... There's some parallels there.
1: Yeah, you can get them in the net, and then they just swim right yeah. out. Yeah.
0: Also, like, the dumber of both species. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: super proud of the one he got up here last year. Yeah,
0: that one I felt good about that one. You should have. It was beautiful because I was like most of the turkeys I'd killed the last few years had come with, not just with Lee, with Lee Mm -hmm. Clancy, and it was very much feeling like maybe I was getting like guided by Lee. (laughs) 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 So killing one up here felt good, and then uh, and then Matt and I killed one together this year. So amazing. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. Having fun in the sun, on the lake all day long. Porta-Doc.com Porta-Doc.com
1: Find your local Porta-Doc dealer today. Porta-Doc.com I just read something. What did you read? That in the land of 10,000 lakes, which is really 11,000 lakes, 8% are infested waters. And I think it's 150 have zebra mussels. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
0: It is interesting. That's all, I, that's all I had. Got a couple around here. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, ours are rather uninfested. Yeah. Do you think the... I would, If I had to make a guess, I would guess the Brainerd Lakes area has the most per, like... Well, I don't no, know. No, the, the metro, metro for sure.
1: Metro for sure is where most of them are. Right. There's a lot of lakes in that Brainerd Lakes area. Right. You head north of there, like to Nisswa, Pequot. Mm-hmm. It's just littered with little lakes. Right.
0: Then I wondered about the Alexandria area. I bet they've got it creeping that way too. I'd imagine. Do you know Ottertail County has the most lakes per in in a county in the United States of America? You're kidding. Mm-hmm. I would have thousand, thought it would have been like thousand.
1: Well, Itasca has a thousand lakes as well, but Ottertail might have more. Just yeah,
0: Interesting. it's like a thousand on the nose. Interesting. So we're back to fishing. This is supposed to be a fishing podcast. I like to fish. Yeah, me too. Uh, we'll do a quick we update. We should go fishing together. We could do that. Either one of us have wives around right now. <laughs> oh my god! Here we are. What are you doing months. later? Are you doing something I was later? Maybe going fishing. I was gonna try to catch crappie. Oh, actually, no. I gotta do dishes. No, I'd love to go fishing. You want to go fishing?
1: I mean, like, kinda.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it.
1: Is this happening? (laughs) Is this happening?
0: We're going to do an update on the area. We'll talk about some opener game day calls. In
1: game decisions. And then we're going to, we got a listener question. We're going to address that kind of at the same time. And then we've got Walleye Groundhog Day, which I think that's a super fun segment. Let us know if you like
0: it. Right.
1: And yeah, we'll stop. Going.
0: We'll happily stop if you don't want to hear it. Is it happily or happily? There's an I in there. Happily. You say happily? I don't know. It's, uh, uh, no, it's happily. Happily. Now I sound goofy saying it though. Yeah, I know. All right, what's happening in the area? Give us an update on the uh, the long area on what's. What's going on? It
1: finally stopped snowing. <laughs> it had snowed. N- I just keep a track. It snowed. Rain. In no, it had snowed. In like there were snowflakes nine out of eleven days. Jeez.
0: No, no accumulation for like the last bit. Right. But there was snow. I could
1: believe that. I guess. No, just out of couple, days. couple floating around. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But that seems to be done now. Mm-hmm. Uh things are warming up. We got a beautiful day tomorrow. Water temps are anywhere from like forty three to forty eight. And they're going to drastically separate
0: uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I'd say like some of the small ones today, I bet I'll see 50 in those shallow north bays. And then tomorrow a bunch of them will will warm up. Um, I imagine it'll be busy around Longville tomorrow with the nice weather. Freaking nuts. And it also doesn't look like it's going to be a screamer wind day, which usually it is when you get like a 70 plus degree day in Mm -hmm. in. That'll be May. Oh my God, it's May tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be kind of busy, but great, great day to be out on the water. Docks, there are docks I know in at the Woman Lake Public Access, Girl Lake Public Access, I assume they sort of hit the region all at once. So I bet a lot of them will be in, um, if you're looking to, to go fishing. That's about it for the area. Um, do you want to do, how do we want to do the opener? Well, let's introduce the idea. Instead of talking about a topic, we're going to give each other some opener day like, situation, situation, hardships. Right. How do we, we navigate? Not this? like you just pulled up to spot number one and pounded the piss out of them. Like that's something what, happened. That's what
1: you're gonna do. Maybe you're gonna go snake pits <laughs> all over.
0: Um. So yeah, what? I'll give you one. No, you give me one. All right. You pull up to spot number one.
1: There is some guy in a pontoon an anchored. On the mm.
0: snake garden. Mm. What are you gonna do? I've actually lived through this exact scenario. Really? So and it didn't work out well for me. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I tried. <laughs> so um, usually I got an opportunity on fr- I've got an opportunity on Friday to do some driving on Cast Lake. So we have a pretty good idea just from looking where we're gonna start Saturday morning, and like most of the time, know that we're gonna pull up and there should be fish there because we saw them there Friday evening. So I assume this scenario is that I pull in and these fish are being like really well well harassed by mm-hmm. a pontoon. Getting pop. just crushed by this pontoon. Yeah with a bunch of slip boppers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would try Except to, for Grandpa. Grandpa's just he's a right under the boat. <laughs> this is how we
1: caught him in nineteen eighty four. Me and all your me and your Uncle Vern. Well, oh, you know what
0: I always say? Over the rail and in the pail. That's what he always says. Well, I would have a hard time giving up right away on spot number one, so I would try to scan it and see if I can't have an appropriate distance from Grandpa and his crew and still catch some fish on the outside edges. I don't know if that's a great answer. That's for sure what I would do, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like trying to balance the... uh, Stay out of the reach Mm -hmm. of the slip corks. Right, and still try to pick at the the school. Mm -hmm. This happened last year, dude, and that pontoon was securely right on about a 100 of them, and everybody in that pontoon pontoon looked super bored, which bugged me a lot, because I, like, could see them on my imaging. There was a bunch of walleyes around, and they were slip bobber fishing, which is how I'd been picking on them, and everybody looked like they were having the worst time of their lives. I assume it was just, like, a little too early, so 15 minutes after I left, probably they started whacking them, but... It didn't look like they were having a good time and they were in a really good spot, which is a weird combination <laughs> of things that happened. They didn't know they just anchored on a gold mine. Right. Which is a good way to do it on opener. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I assume you're going to. I need to set the scenario for you. Are you going to be North Leech Lake? It is pronounced scenario. Oh, excuse me. You should have been an English teacher. All right. In this scenario. Are you on the north side of the Leech, of the Leech Lake? Sure. All right. Um, it's going to be dead calm out there. Okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And all of the popular spots. It's going to be... Sunny or cloudy? It's going to be sunny and dead mm-hmm. calm. And it's going to be... I'll give you this. It was The, the low overnight was 44 degrees. It mm-hmm. didn't get very chilly. Mm-hmm. Um, dead calm, but lots of boat traffic. Like, everybody seemed to be... Up and at them real early, so all of the real popular spots have some fish on or have some boats on them. What are you gonna What are you gonna do?
1: I'm gonna so. If you don't know the layout of Portage Bay, um, the oh, that would be the east side of it is all sugar sand and some carrot grass, and the west side is softer bottom with a lot of a lot more cabbage growth. So I'm gonna go across the lake and I'm gonna go fish. Um, my favorite area, which I'll tell you, one of my favorite areas, especially daytime, is Newlichi Campground. Um, there's a lot of little sharp breaks from four to seven, four to six, and generally there's a lot of edges as far as firm to soft bottom. Uh, so I'll go fish that area, and I'll I'll image what I can, but I still have a hard time in shallow soft bottom. Especially if there's a brake line involved, seeing fish, seeing fish. So I'm going to, you know, try to see what I can see. But if it's too soft and I can't see them, I'm going to pitch uh, those shallower brake lines. And I think there'll be fish up there, especially this year. There should be a lot of fish there with the fresh cabbage. Um, If that doesn't work, there's us. There's a couple areas with softer slopes. That still have the, the good weeds on them. And we'll probably end up pulling that uh, with the jig, jigging the minnow, pitching it, pulling it. Um, and I'll probably end up going in water temperature probably in the 50s. I'll probably pull it at .6, a uh, long line, uh, hoping just to pick them off. And then it'll probably end up being crowded by the time I find a school. <laughs>
0: so I'll end up
1: maybe heading down what do you do after that
0: though do you just in general if you fish that bay do you like start in the bay and work your way out towards the main lake generally i'll see if there's any schools in tight because you know
1: it kind of curls in and i'll see if there's any um see if there's are you talking about in front of newly campground or in the bay in general
0: well just in general i assume you like if you're launched out of fed dam, you start in the northeast and like as the day progresses you like work your way to the southwest towards the main lake If it's,
1: if it's calm, that's what happens. Yep. That, that's for sure what happens. If there's any sort of wind, like if that wind were to pick up, I'd head right back up to those Mm. areas. I would start right away in the morning. Sure. Um, because I don't think they necessarily leave. I think they get kind of conditioned and they wait for a more prime time. Right. Um, but I, I would think I would be able to catch them in those fresh, in that fresh growth cabbage. I would bet a lot of money on that. Sure.
0: Um. I think we that would be, even though we've had cooler water temps, like we've had. I this is maybe a working theory, but because we've had the ice off for so long, even with colder weather, so our water temps might match up pretty well with last year. You would have to assume, actually, even the winter we ha- had too. You would have to assume that our weed growth is going to be faster further along than it was in 2020
1: it will be more productive this year at this stage than it was last year right right yeah and they use that they use those weeds a lot especially in an area where it's there's not a lot of uh well rocks sure they'll use those weeds a lot and that's where most of the bait will be and water will warm up more because of the softer bottom and
0: yeah the bait thing got re reaffirmed to me this just the last couple of weeks when I've been perch fishing because I didn't even really worry about marking fish. I just marked bait. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially this time of year, I think when this is when there's the least food out there, um, you have to, like, give credit to the predators, right, that they're going to find this very limited resource and be around it. And I haven't had it not work. Like, if there's been bait around at all, there's been fish around. And I think that'll be true on opener. For too. sure. For sure. And the shallow thing, especially if you're not, uh, we talk a lot about side imaging and seeing schools of what, especially on leech, can be really big schools of fish. Um, if it maybe doesn't need to be that complicated, if you don't have brand new electronics or or don't feel great about your side imaging, relying on that very simple relationship can be still be really productive, right? Find food, find find walleyes, right, and. That's a simpler approach, but can be, especially in the spring, can be just as effective.
1: Yeah. And I think when they're this hungry, as hungry as they are, I don't know if you, you can still be successful without absolutely being certain that they're That they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And man, I've spent a lot of years not being absolutely certain they were there and still like catching them. last year was the first year. Right. That you knew like, oh my so
1: many, <laughs> right? I found out that like I'll lose my stuff. Like I'll freak out if I see it. too many fish. Mm-hmm. I'll just go nuts.
0: Uh, I remember like, especially on one of our little lakes, quite a few times. You like, it wasn't even. You wouldn't even tell me like how your trip turned out. You would just tell me like, Dan, I found a million of them. I found there, a million. There, were a million there was
1: so <laughs> many fish there. What? And what happened to them in September, I don't know. But there was a million. There was so many fish. What? Yeah.
0: And that overall that's great news. I tried to turn the sound on for you folks. Sorry about that. There were so many. I remember seeing that, I was like,
1: "Damn." Yeah.
0: And they're not all walleyes. Yeah, for sure they are. <laughs> a lot of them are walleyes. Well, except for but that muskie. And there's some smallmouth in there, too. No. Uh, no no there's no smallmouth no small small in there. on that no. lake? God, not where we were. All right. There's too many walleyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we take a break and get back to it? Sure.
1: In Longville. And I talked to Nick Perrin. I was like, Nick, I don't know what I need. Can you help me set up Mega 360 for this warrior? He's like, yeah, sure. So he's got everything prepped, ready to go. We had a little issue with back orders, but we're going to have Mega 360 ready to go for open water. So if you want Mega 360 for your boat, call the Muskie House in Longville, talk to Nick Perrin.
0: All right, Wilbur, we had a listener question, um, and it was related to approaching new waters and fishing new waters and how we would go about doing
1: that. I really enjoy doing that. The problem is with us is we fish so much and we fish like a lot of the same area here. Mm-hmm. We don't get that opportunity too much. No, we um, don't. It mm-hmm. was very, I mean, whenever we get the opportunity, it's very fun. It's very fresh. Yeah. Um, another new challenge.
0: Yeah. And the guy, the whole idea was like, how do you, how do you, pro- the question was, how do you approach it? And then maybe how we would maybe do it differently. I usually drive to the lake. In your Towards boat? the lake.
1: No, with my truck. Oh. And then I put my boat in. In the water. In, that's how I approach it. Gotcha. I approach it with the vehicle first. <laughs> vehicle first. Yep. Yeah, and then until I get to the axis, then I turn R- I was this vehicle say, the vehicle around. Put truck in the water. Yeah. Right. But you got to kind of do it in a different fashion. You can't just do a big circle.
0: I think you're misunderstanding. the Question. I think I answered. We it could quite, probably quite do well. an entire episode about how to put a boat in the water. Like that. Could how be, do you uh, put that into words? Don't screw it up.
1: <laughs> hmm.
0: Well, I'm going to back up and do, like, the bigger picture stuff, and then you can maybe do, like, some breakdown of the. So the first thing I Hopefully would do. Hopefully you don't have breakdowns. The breakdown of the lake. Oh. I would look at, so <laughs> say, like, you had to fish Lake X, um, take a lake out of, like, well, yeah. Lake X, I would do the Minnesota DNR lake finder survey, and that would be, Step like. Step one. And that's like setting expectations, right? If I'm completely unfamiliar, like, oh, it's, can I do a, can I feel good about doing a pure walleye day out here? Um, let's take it out of the guide world, maybe, and just say, like, we're going to go fish a Family fish vacation. lake, right? Um, is it worth our time to do a pure walleye day? And then I have been starting to pay attention to, like, if the numbers look good, then they'll, at least in our area, the fisheries guys will... Um, They assign like a lake classification to each lake and they tell you that one and then they'll tell you some same and similar. So like that's a good, I think that is like a good shortcut. So if the lake were similar to, if it was class 23, similar to Little Boy Lake or Lake Wabado, whichever one would match up, then I would maybe adapt my, the things that have worked on that lake to the new one. And then I would try to gather some information from my little fishing community about whether or not. You know what they've done, and like just b- very broadly, what it would be breaking down to is like, am I looking at like offshore hard bottom structure, rock piles, um, big big time points, which are generally going to be hard, or am I going to be spending time looking for fish in the weeds? Um, those would be like the major That would be like the major split as to how mm-hmm. you would approach a lake. So that's what I would do before I'd even go fishing.
1: That's a good idea. Are you going to talk now? So, I would, uh, so what I would do is I'd do this, I would do, I wouldn't go as, I, I don't go as deep as you do because uh, I, d- I lack the intelligence that you have. uh So I just look at the lake finder and I'm like, mm, they netted 53 walleyes out of this lake. That's a really, really good. Mm-hmm. But most of them, and I would pay attention to the size differences. So if they catch a lot of big ones. Generally, I would say that's probably, uh, those fish are going to come out of deeper water if they catch a bunch of little ones. Those are going to be weed fish, and then look and see how much they stock there. Um, if they stock the bejesus out of it, I'm probably going to spend a lot of time in the weeds. If it's mostly natural reproduction, uh, weeds can go blow. I'm going to go fish out deep, um, and then wherever I'm going, I'm going to go buy local. Like I'm going to go buy local tackle, and I'm going to seek out advice, and I'm going to go there and be like. I need to buy some stuff. Tell me how to catch fish here, and then they're gonna walk you through. And you need this, this, this. Da 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 da. And then they're gonna sell you way more than you need, but it will help you in the future for catching these fish. So you spend forty, fifty bucks, you get good information, because people who are like, "Hey, I need to know where the fish are biting," don't get them. nothing for information, because they just want to get some free information. Right. And if they wanted free information, they just listen to this podcast. So then I go do that. And then I'm going to drink a bunch of coffee. If I drank a lot the night before, I'm going to drink a bunch of Red Bull. And then we're going to go fish super hard, right? And I'm going to take that advice that that person gave me. I'm going to throw it out the window. I'm going to cast jigs for two hours. Okay. Because, you know, this local guy didn't know nothing. I'm going to go cast jigs. So I'm going to cast jigs and then I'm going to get my teeth kicked in because I didn't listen to this guy who said the fish were deep and they're going to eat leeches. On some of these bigger points in 24 feet of water. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take his advice and then we're going to be successful because I've calmed down. I've quit throwing jigs because you can't always throw jigs down. No, you can always throw jigs. You can almost always throw jigs. <laughs> and then we're going to be rather successful. I'm going to be happy and we'll do it all again tomorrow.
0: Sounds like a good plan.
1: That's like I real life like like... what I'm going to do. Like, I didn't, I didn't church that up at
0: all. No, I think the, the, the stop at the local bait shop is an important step. And, uh, like maybe running through the filter of like, does this guy sound like he knows what he's talking about? And then if he does, one thing that I've encountered with like actually watching it happen is people will ask for information, but then all they really end up doing is telling fish stories to the person they're asking information.
1: (laughs) Right. I've seen that
0: happen at your store Mm -hmm. and at Full Stringer and. Like, if you're getting, if you feel like you're getting good information, now's a good time to, like, just, like, shut up and listen, right, mm-hmm. and try to, like, absorb the information as much as you can, and then, uh, you don't really want to interrupt a guy who you think is giving you good information on a lake that you haven't fished before, <laughs> right? Not the time to tell you, tell him about the time you caught a 28-incher on a lake he's never heard of. It's Neat. Not, right. Canada, huh?
1: <laughs> All right. How was Malax again?
0: Hmm. And I would also say like, what we've talked about, like you don't necessarily want to know like specific spots, right like that but if you're if you're getting information that sounds like general trends from the lake, that's pretty valuable for you. Instead of trying to just copy somebody's bite, getting if you're getting legitimately good information about general trends that the lake has, that's what what I would look for. And then I think it's also important to remember that, like, the whole rule of, like, 90% of the fish are in 10% of the water. Like, you should expect to drive a bunch of dead water. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the reality of it. And, like, your your tolerance for that, the amount you can tolerate of not seeing fish, is that's a good skill to have. Because it, it if you can keep driving and keep looking and trusting your electronics... You're more likely to find something, but I agree. I mean, it can get pretty monotonous. Like that's like the part of the the tournament fishing that people m- maybe miss out on is that even the teams that do super well spend a ton of time over water that doesn't have anything in it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do that. Yep, and you're yep. just
1: you're just tripling your time in that dead water by you're you're Seems- cutting
0: your time by a third by driving it right as soon as you make a decision to stop and fish like you are you are potentially wasting a lot of time mm-hmm. so are you going to waste a lot of time on a spot where you haven't marked anything i mean it depends on the scenario but the 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 better you are at being disciplined and like waiting until you feel real good about what's going on will increase your
1: fish fi- haul yeah
0: mm-hmm. at the end of the day
1: but that sounds great, but I know what, I, I would certainly be like, oh yeah, I'm going to drive this. I'm going to drive this. And then I'll drive it for like four minutes and like, we're pitching jigs. Yeah. I, no, I'm with jigs. you. We're pitching jigs right now.
0: I'm for sure with you. I mean, I feel like I spend a lot of time trying to like talk myself out of putting a line in the water. Yeah. Like, don't, it's not, don't do this. This I is stupid. I know the answer.
1: Let's pitch jigs. They're too <laughs>
0: shallow. They're too shallow to mark. We're going to pitch jigs. <laughs> All right, guys, we're pitching jigs. They might be. And you've got pretty good fish stinks. Like I would trust yours over mine, but I would, I would want to try to stay disciplined until you feel really good. No, about
1: that's something. the right answer. Always. I'm just telling you what I would do. Yeah,
0: even I, I know myself so well. You are pretty well. You're pretty self aware. Maybe too self aware. Pitching jigs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm,
0: let's go pitch them. All right, this wasn't on the agenda, but we have to bring it up because it kind of relates to the Big Stone MWC. Oh my tournament. god. What a disaster! Talking about painful. Wow. Oh my goodness! It, so, that's super poor timing, is all that is. Yeah, it's a little bad luck for like a bunch of fishermen. And this, I think there were sixty-seven teams. Right, sixty-seven teams. Oh man, I'm gonna. I am going i do not want to get the stats wrong, but close to half of the field didn't catch a walleye, day one or Horrible. day two. Zero walleyes Horrible. in two days. Horrible. The, lead, the team that won had an okay bag. I think they had pounds. 20 pounds. Yeah. Um, they caught seven walleyes during the tournament. Yep. Uh, and then
1: the second place team had about 15 pounds. Right. Uh,
0: not worth second place. Right. <laughs> there were, and like, I think this is the reason, because somebody, while I was talking with Matt and Lee, like, Man, maybe they're not going to go back there. But that lake does, there were like, Multiple eight pounders that came, multiple post spawn eight pounders that came out of it, Mm -hmm. that tournament. So like the lake does have lots of real nice big fish. Yep. um A a guy I who has helped me like learn, especially he's helped me a lot with my electronics. Tom Davis is a tournament angler, and he He did pretty well. He caught a three pound fourteen ouncer on day one, blank day two, and got seventeenth place. Yeah, that's pretty good. But well, we, You and I were talking about because that was when we were trying to plan to, to fish mm-hmm. and then like, well, a turkey hunt, both of our turkey hunts overlapped with it and uh, even if we had like placed okay, it would have been a pretty miserable week of fishing. It Brutal. was cold, windy. And we'd have been there for five days right? doing the same thing over and over yep. again. And I think that there's probably a lot of guys who didn't catch very many fish pre-fishing at all. So... Take some really, really dedicated walleye anglers and just line up five days in a row and not catching shit. <laughs>
1: that sounds awful. It sounds awful. And it's not even July. Right. This is April. Right. Not you July. You could be whacking them. <laughs> oh, fufta.
0: Yeah, that sounds awful. Dodged a bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> um, good on you, though, if you're down there. I feel like there's a lot of... Sometimes the fish just don't bite. And that Some, was that was a great example. They must
1: have hit it just perfect with the post spawn, where I wondered
0: about that. They've got to just recover, right? They they talked in the I read the recap. Uh, they talked about cold front stuff too, but I wonder if it. Th- I mean, that is dramatic to have sixty-seven pretty well-trained boats out there chasing walleyes, and any one of them can catch fish. Yep, and I think the the total number was like fifty-four walleyes. <laughs> awful yeah awful yeah (sighs) all right we'll pick you up after this but let's take a quick break this week's episode of while i talk with will and dan is brought to you in part by woman lake lodge on the beautiful woman lake uh the woman lake lodge is one of the best destinations in our area and it is showing up big time right now because their schedule is awfully full If you're planning a midsummer, late-summer, fall vacation, now is the time to call and get it on the books with Jeff and Lori. Great fishing destination, great people, great location. Call Woman Lake Lodge as soon as you can. Dan, it's
1: your Groundhog Day. Mm Mm-hmm. You've died. (laughs) All right? Okay. (laughs) All right, and you've got to relive these scenarios over and over again until you accomplish the mission that I'm going to bestow unto you. Okay. It is September 19th. Oh jeez. Right just before you have nothing but south southwest winds. You can fish any lake you want except your best September lake. Okay. You have to catch No, you can fish there too. Your Don't goal need to. Your goal is to catch Six walleyes over oh. 24 inches.
0: All right. Well, even my best September Lake, I'm not fishing because it doesn't have that going for it. Okay. Six over 24. On September 19th, only south-southwest winds. Oh, boy. All right. So, man, I feel like you're setting me pretty up pretty good for the east side. Can be. Yep. That So I, I think this is similar to last week's in that I'm pretty happy on September 19th, so I don't feel like I'll be real stressed about getting out of it, right? Uh, I feel like... Well, yeah, there's so.
1: work involved.
0: There may be some work involved, but I'm going to be right at home, and I feel like I can take the opportunity to learn a few things. What was the m- 6 over 24? Yeah. Oh, boy. That is a pretty good challenge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I feel like it would line up well. I'm going to fish the east side of Leech, like my home territories, and I'm probably going to spend a few days doing some things. The first few days, I'm going to do things that I don't usually do on the east side. So I'm going to leave the shallow stuff alone. The shallow stuff is going to just get be getting going. It's going to feel great. Like, that's what I'm going to want to do. But I'm going to spend some time on some offshore stuff first. Because mm. there's some offshore stuff on, like, the southern side of Leech that we make our hay on during in June, right? Lots of time down there. And I don't even go down there in the fall. Once I leave it after like late June, I don't go down there at all and, until the next spring. And I've been curious if there if there aren't some fish still th- that maybe relate to that again. And I just don't know because I'm not going to gamble with other people's time when there's so many other close to sure things mm-hmm. that could be happening um, on the east side in some shallower water. So I'm going to spend a few days probably rigging. Big minnows and jig wrap and some offshore stuff. And uh, it could get on you in a hurry. I, I feel like it might I might not catch anything, but you could catch quite a few. And I bet, I can almost guarantee there'd be some real nice pike and maybe a muskie or two mixed in if you were doing that <laughs> offshore stuff with big minnows. And then as I settle in, you know, maybe I'd spend four or five days doing that. And I'd, I'd take it easy, dude. I'd fish uh, maybe six hour days. And then I'd go home and just spend wonderful fall days with my family. I'd maybe take my little boy grouse hunting. It's opening 19, weekend. Yep. I think I'd be grouse hunting a little bit. He doesn't even need a hat. Doesn't need a hat? Well, with all that oh, large <laughs> hair it He is. does have pretty long <laughs> hair. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, finally, sunset is like early enough that you can enjoy a campfire again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a couple campfires with the family. My wife is going to feel like she's married to the nicest dude in the world. I'm home early, spending time with the family, agreeing to cook all the time. One thing I've been missing as a 35-year-old man, I don't smoke delicious meats yet. And that's for sure missing from, like, yeah, it's coming. from my stereotype. <laughs> I should be smoking delicious meats, and I don't do that. So I might be buying a smoker and sparking that thing up every once in a while. I'm going to say I'm going to spend a week of without worrying about it and then when it gets down to time to to move on to see what what this scenario scenario throws me next uh i'm gonna just i'm gonna fish some shallow rocks and a couple shallow sand spots old reliable and it, it might take me a few to get six over 24 but i'll i'll get there in a couple of days i think two days of actual hard let's get it done yep could happen the first day it, it It would be one that could maybe drag on you. I Mm -hmm. think you're going to catch a bunch of walleyes. Right. But getting those, I don't have like a great big fish pattern without having to shoot holes in Carl Swanson's boat in order to get at my (laughs) big fish spot, which would maybe be okay if I just get to restart the next day. Like maybe that's how I end the evening, right? (laughs) Shut up, Carl. Shoot a hole in this hole and then just continue on with my day. But yeah, I'd say I'd take a week to enjoy myself, two or three days to to finish it off and see what what comes up next. Sounds awesome. Sounds pretty nice.
1: I think that was a good way to.
0: That was wrap a really up. good way to wrap it up. It's today is Friday, April thirtieth. We're two weeks, fifteen days from from opener. It's tough. It's gonna. It'll come quick though. I feel like. Uh, opener should be a lot of fun up here I think Mm -hmm. that would be my opener prediction is it's not water's not going to be overly warm things are leveling out I think we could go anywhere and catch them Mm -hmm. it's not going to be just a big lake opening weekend deal I think the little lakes are going to be super productive yep yep if you've got a cabin up on a lake I would this is the year to feel good about wherever you are trying to catch a few walleyes on your on the home lake um what have you? Do you have a minnow update at all? No, no. I'm not. I'm not going to give any minnow updates. I've so wrong. Wrong. I've been
1: so so wrong. Sure. Unbelievably wrong. So, in t- unless it's until the week before, if we do it late late, late enough in the week, and I've got minnows
0: at the start like in the tank, I'm not doing anything because <laughs> I jinx myself super bad. Yeah. All right. We'll hold off on the minnow thing. Everything's gonna be fine. There's gonna be a bunch of. Min- I'm this not is while I anything. talk. I'm Dan. I am Will. We'll see you next time.